chatting on WhatsApp last night, Terry, mm. and you said that uh, Nick Carapolotti wants to have a crack at the mastermind. So I thought, I don't actually have the pleasure of meeting Nick. I think we should get him on for a chat before he uh, has a crack at the mastermind. So uh, Terry agreed, Nick's agreed, and here he is, Nick Carapolotti. Welcome to the 1-1, one, one, mate. Thanks for having me, boys. Hey, it's good to have you on, uh, Nick Carapolotti. How's the pronunciation with your last name there, champ? Have I got that right? Um, champ, <laughs> you're nice and early as well. You've improved more than the maidens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, uh, tell you what, Nick. One thing you are doing is you're getting him to improve from uh, from some reasonable trainers. I guess. What do we want to do, BJ? I usually conduct these interviews. I'm not. This isn't my strength. Well, do we want to? Do we want to ask Nick about his his journey in the yeah, game? Yeah. Well, I just where, yeah, I'm very interested to to uh, hear Nick's story. I, I was reading. I, I read a piece written by Giulio Santarelli, the Italian stallion, and um, yeah, it just said that uh, you you're from Canberra originally, and you work for some some pretty amazing trainers, really. Frank Cleary, James Cummings, Peter Moody, and then all of a sudden you've landed in the gold fields and you're with Peter Fernie, taking out your own trainer's license. I'm just interested to know what's uh, the Nick Carapalotti story. What can, you, what can you tell us, mate? I won't tell you everything. I'll leave that for me memoirs after I've trained a few group one winners. But, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the start of the racing career for me, I was bloody, I got kicked out of school. I was camping on people's couches. Yeah, I know. I just never had a, an attitude for school. Right, real, um, well, geez, I should have put the tongue tie blinkers, Norton bit, <laughs> and everything on me, but. <laughs> the ultimate gear change probably would have helped them a lot. But, <laughs> um, but no, so I grew up riding horses out on farms and stations and my stepdad, we used to break in all the local station horses. So I got me sort of bearings there with horses and then um, I moved out of home or it was a uh, unanimous decision at about 15. And from then I sort of just went from mate's house to mate's house and got kicked out of school, and I went, fuck, I better start earning some money. And um, at the time, I got kicked out before year 12. I tried to go get some trades and apprenticeships and all of that, but they didn't want to know me because there was no TAFE, there was no year 12 certificate. So I just went for a, <laughs> I remembered I could ride a horse. So I went for a stroll down to Queanbeyan Racecourse. First bloke I bumped into was Frank Cleary. I said, mate, you got, you got any work going? He said, what can you do? I said, oh, well, breaking horses, I do do this, do that, all that sort of stuff. And he went, fuck, all right, I'll see you here tomorrow morning. And um, it kind of kicked off from there. So what what year would that have been, uh, Nick? Oh, Jesus, how old is I? 2011 or 12, I think. Okay, so so for the listeners, I Frank Frank Cleary was a uh, he was a top sort of New South Wales provincial trainer. He had um, trained a Golden Slipper winner, Catbird, and he also had yeah, a very yeah. good two year old by the name of Clan O'Sullivan when I was growing up. I think he ran second, might have won a Magic Wins and ran second in the Slipper as well. A so black, yeah, I think he might have got Black Opal with that horse. Too. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So worked. It. God, I rode for everyone in Queanbeyan at some stage. Frank, his son, Joe. Um, I was there for oh, two or three years, I think, and then uh, got in a bit of trouble with the stewards over a dirty swab. Um, had a bit of time on the sidelines when I worked on some farms, uh, doing some pre-training and that. Came back. I did about six months back at Queanbeyan, and my mate just said, look, dude, you're fucking... You're dying here. You, you got to get out and experience what real racing is. And um, off to Sydney, I went. 
and yeah, that was a bloody uh, big eye opener seeing how they do it in the city there. So was, that, was, like, that, was that straight to James Cummings? Uh, no, straight to Anthony first. Yes, he um, he, they kind of take in anyone. <laughs> um, so I jumped in there. It lasted about two weeks, and I got the shit with it. And James sort of poached me from across the across the barn. And um, at that time, it was under Bart. So I say I rode for Bart, but it, we we never saw Bart. It's more just uh, fluffing up the resume that, that name <laughs> drop. Never, never, let the tr- never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, I think I would have been in Sydney for about a year or two. I can't quite remember. It was a a wild time, that's for sure. (laughs) And (laughs) then parted ways with James and ended up with the master, Moody. And just kept on really building the knowledge every stable I went to. Mm. Like, you'd see how they'd do it. So was that when Moody um, was at Caulfield? uh, No, when Moody was at – he had a satellite stable in in Randwick. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we weren't too good at Randwick. I'll tell you what, we could win every trial we put a horse in. <laughs> but um, when it comes to winning races, I think we only won about two races in the time I was there. Um, and, yeah, then packed up my bags and uh, ended up in Kalgoorlie. So you've gone from hustle and bustle of Sydney, Royal Randwick, and you've landed in Kalgoorlie. What was that like, Nick? Oh, it was a um, it was a change. That's for sure. You go from being able to <laughs> go out and have Korean, Thai, Chinese, all the different uh, different cultures, and you come to Kalgoorlie and you get sweet and sour pork or honey soy chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the diet. It was the diet that affected the uh, that was affected the most, wasn't it? <laughs> oh no, there was a few things affected. But Kyogoli kind of, it um, suits me down to a T for the time being. Like, I grew up country New South Wales. And so I quite like the the country lifestyle we've got going on here. Because it's small enough, it means I can work two jobs. Like, I've got a full time office job as well, which um, helps fund fund the purchases that I make. Yeah. and yeah, and it, it helps keep me in line because too much free time it just drives me drives me nuts. So, so why this did, week at home it, I'm climbing the walls. Why did you um Why did you come to Kalgoorlie? What was the um, What was the carrot? The carrot was um, my off field performances. So I've always been a bit of a naughty little child in the off off field. Um, at the time, I was seeing a girl, and she said, "Look, I'm I'm moving to WA," and I had a look at what I was doing in my personal life, and I went, "You know what? Like, because I grew up a bit tough on the street, sort of looking for, looking out for myself." But there comes a time when you just got to go, "Hey, were you going to be a victim to your own circumstances, or uh, are you going to make a change?" So I went, "Look, I've been doing this same stuff for the last oh shit since I was 14." probably a bit earlier, and I went, right, it's time for a change. And the best thing about Kalgoorlie is it's an honest little town. Like, if you come here and you're dead set looking to make a change and you're ready to work hard for it, the whole town just opens up to you. Like, the support you get here is just unreal. And in saying that, racing's exactly the same, you know. Like, we have a lot of misguided people that um, run into a fair bit of trouble off the field, Um and when they come and they want to have a decent crack, racing just opens their arms for it. As long as you're there, honest and uh, ready to make a change for yourself. 
so yeah, that was a catalyst for moving. So when did, and, um, when did you uh, when did you encounter the Fernie family for the first time, Nick? Uh, I'd been in Cal for about a year. Um, had a, still had a few more issues, uh, personal issues. I was trying to work out. Um, again, had a nice little uh, suspension. Thankful, uh, thanks to the stewards. And I took that time off and really sort of reevaluated myself. Um, put myself through a fair bit of therapy and some counselling, and came back. And the Fernie saw what I did in the off field. Um, all the work that I put in to better myself, and they went, shit, this bike's worth a crack. And, uh, yeah, Peter just came up and said, look, I know you're doing it a bit tough at the moment. And um, he paid me overs for a week's work and um, at a time when I was extremely tight on coin. And, uh, yeah, I just stuck with it from then. And now we sit up and they take me out for my birthday dinner and <laughs> it's a bit like a family situation for me at the moment with the 30s. So how long have you been, you've been working for, for Pete in the, the Fernie uh, races? Five, five or six years. Yep. And what, just, so, yeah, no. just riding, riding work and groundwork? Yeah, I'm also just riding work. Yeah. Um, I tend to stick to the unique horses that need um, <laughs> need a bit of time and someone with a bit of patience. So yeah. So so you've you've got plenty of experience working in New South Wales. Come to Kalgoorlie, the Peter Fernie and the family take you under their wing, like learning learning your trade as you go along. When was the moment that you thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get my trainer's license. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack. Um, I probably would have been a few years ago. Oh, actually, <laughs> male competition, you know. Uh, it would have been when young Luke come through and then he sort of bridged out on his own and I saw what he did. And um, I just went, you know what, I can either sit here and ride work for the rest of my life and get paid $15 or 15 a ride, line one up on the punt and make me money that way or <laughs> I can, uh, <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can uh, <laughs> branch out, you know. And me being the progressive sort of type I am, I've got the shit being under Peter and <laughs> it's like you sit there and you do all the work and eventually like you don't need to be told what to do and it's just like, right, I either sit here and keep doing it and, eventually go brain dead or uh, I take the step and, yeah, push myself. Well, speaking about lining one up on the uh, on the punt, Nick, I didn't know you at the time, but I remember watching uh, your first winner. Jeez, uh, we're, we're we're sponsored by Betfair, so I remember at the time, I, was, I think it would have been the best part of 200 to 1 on Betfair. It was There's a Chance written by Christo Sardelic. That particular day, A, did you give it a chance and B, if you did, did you have something on? I I did give it a chance. Um, I just had a lucky bet on it, though. I just had, you know, yeah, a a, um, bet. it's one. Yeah, a trainer's bet. Really, I only bloody plonked. Oh, I forgot how much, but I got about seven back. So yeah, but it, it's funny, you know. Like I, from riding work, we used to would see maidens or would ride one, and we go, "Fuck these things! These things working nice. We're going to have a red hot crack," and would would drop about a grand on it. But since becoming a trainer, it. Um, you can't really punt your own horses. I had some advice from someone. He said, mate, it's the quickest way to hate your own horses to punt them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you work them and you're sitting there going, far out, I really like how this thing's working. I reckon I'm on here. 
So you have a good crack at it. And then something goes wrong. The jockey makes a mistake. And me being the young trainer I am, I can't get the likes of uh, those seasoned professionals straight off the bat. You know, so I'm stuck with apprentices and uh, jockeys that do make mistakes, try their best. And um, and you watch it all unfold and, and you run fifth and you're sitting there, money out of pocket, and you're going, fuck. As <laughs> 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 trainers, we get 10% of the prize money. So nowadays, I just go, you know what, if I win, there's no point punting it. I'll get me 10%. So we'll just play it honest and... Um, and yeah, we do it like that, and we'll leave the punting up to the professionals like you boys. Oh, yeah. So, so there, there's a chance. That was the 25th of July last year. Yep. Your yeah. very first winner. It looks like it was your one, two, three. Fifth, I think it was your eighth, sixth. eighth runner, was it? Eighth? Yeah, eighth. 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 yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So you've kicked off strong. There's a chance. And then uh, not long after, it's one again. There's a chance. There's a chance with Mitchell Payton yeah, on board. Yeah. Oh, we won't talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> you nearly won a Saturday, the, the Saturday meeting, the Kalgoorlie Cup meeting yeah. from memory as well. You were beating a very small margin in a, oh. I think that would have been a $60,000 race that day as well. Made amends at its following start. But tell us a bit about uh, the current team. I believe there's some new additions as well, Nick. There is, there is. This is and who's your favourite owner? Who's your favourite owner actually as well? <laughs> oh, probably the bloke that owns it. There's a chance. Uh, right, that's not the answer. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, Terence, I do love when uh, we have our late night strategy meetings. <laughs> Sometimes you call me after a few bottles of wine, and I just like to wind you up, tell them <laughs> we'll write them all back, and call you an idiot. But you know. Ah, uh, anyway, tell us about the additions. <laughs> Come on, get on with it. <laughs> um, so. <clears throat> I bought two maidens off Darren McAuliffe. We've got Feuding and uh, Ruling Dam, mm-hmm. a nice little universal filly. Um, uh, Phil Naylor's actually sent me <laughs> another long shot from last year, Pyro. Yep. He won about 300 to 1 last did year too, from memory, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Christo might have been yeah, on yeah. too. Christo, yeah. Jeez, Christo. Yeah, yeah, yeah Christo. Christo. <laughs> he's out with a broken leg at the moment. He keeps sending me messages saying that he's going to fly over for Kyogoolie, but... Um, are we going to put him on ours? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I reckon we'll ride it back too. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best option, I think. <laughs> hey, so, Nick, Nick, Nick <laughs> just, are you on Twitter? No, no, I'm not. Now there was there was some there was some footage uh, that we that we took when uh, we we did a uh, edition of the one one out of the Jimmy Taylor Racing Stables, and uh, Terry got in, got in the yard to do to uh, pick up. I some, lost a bet to Brittany. Yeah, and I had to mark out some yards. Yeah, and so one of the horses uh, sort of charged Terry and sort of had a bit of a go at him and um, it was very funny actually we'll send you that send you the, the <laughs> it, was our, it was our highest performing post ever on social media from the one one anyway that that horse that horse was a horse called spin a long time and I just noticed that spin a long time defeated Saturday sinner which Terry is a part owner of by like a lip at Kalgoorlie the other day mm. so that was <laughs> the, horse, the horse hates me I think it just uh, yeah the horse hates me, but uh, no, we've we've yeah, mended, all right, we've Terry, it. I've been working with horses for twenty years, and I still get chased out of the yard every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still having nightmares, Nick. I'm still, I'm still having nightmares. When's uh, when is our horse going around? Saturday, Cena going around next. Uh, the 29th, mate. Just wins. Without seeing a field, no, a barrier, just just how much. Lovely weather today, isn't it? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Mate, I, it's, I wish I could tip my horses. However, when you have a look at the horses I take, they're all, they've all been through the mill. Um, they're cast-offs. So if I was getting good bloodstock um, and we could just put them through the mill like that, I'd be going, yeah, yeah, beautiful. But all of the horses I've got, like some days they turn up, some days they don't. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's extremely hard for me to say, yeah, just wins, just wins. Oh, I love but I'll tell you what, when he gets over the line, because he cops it well, so I reckon we'll be able to string two together. Love the love the honesty, Nick. Mate, hey, so you said that you've got a full time job as well. What do you do when the the racing season finishes, or, or what do you do for the outside of racing? Uh, outside of racing, I still work the full time job and uh, just go mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, it's a serious thing. Like if I've got no horses in work, I've had people tell me. Um, they're like, Nick, are you doing all right? I'm like, well, I, I think so, yeah. I'm like, you just you just don't know what day it is. Um, so this year, I reckon I'll probably keep a few in. Um, Do the Esperance. Might, Esperance uh, yeah, we might check down. Esperance is a bit hard, yeah. um, not only logistically, but the track in previous years is just rock hard. Um, so I, I don't like it, but hopefully uh, – Hopefully the club, who knows, they might hear this and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I took World Ruler down there once when I first started and he couldn't walk for two weeks afterwards. So I, I toy with it, but I don't know, I might just buy a float and uh, come up for a midweek or something like that. So how how, uh, how hard is it for um, a young guy looking to uh, get out, do his thing as a, as a thoroughbred horse trainer in West Australia? How hard is it to get started? Um, oh, it really, it really depends. Mm-hmm. Like, you like you have a look how how Luke started and um, how a few other people start, and they're quite lucky to um, have family in the industry, so they kind of get a kickstart from there. I was lucky enough that Peter just uh, the pieces offered him a lease horse, and he didn't want it, so he gave it to me. Um, but outside of that, you. I'd suggest you you got to have about 20 grand in the bank and just go out and buy a horse and, and do your best with it. My theory is is I'll just buy a few, um, do well with them, and uh, then people sort of have to take notice, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So you came to town last Saturday for uh, with, yes. with uh, There's a Chance and uh, um, went around in the, uh, the mild graduation. What was it like? Was that your first Metro runner? No, no, I, I did take him to town last year at the end of his prep for the Apprentices Cup. Okay, yep. Um, and, oh, geez, that was a horror show. <laughs> uh, yeah, we told her to lead and she led all the way till the 1200 and then um, decided to ride in midfield for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Um, but no, it wasn't too bad. Look, the horse had a. It turns out we've got a virus with him. Yeah. Um. So he didn't quite race how we, how I expected him to. Um. But that's racing, you know. We we just take him back home and, uh, and do some vet work on him and live to fight another day. Kalgoorlie Cup. Here we come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how we go. Look. Yeah, Kalgoorlie Cup is on the cards for him. We could do the Boulder Cup into the Kalgoorlie Cup. Um, I'd like to see the horse racing in town um, a lot more, to be honest. Like, 
if you have a look at his racing style when he races in Kyogoli, the tempo just quite isn't there. Um, there to see the best of the horse. Like he does race really well here, um, but just one thing I've noticed from his races is that I just think he'd suit that um, that metro speed, you know. But uh, but yeah. Very good. Hey, Nick, as I said at the start, I haven't had a chance to chat to you before, but, yeah, you've got a great story. It's fantastic to see uh, young guys having a crack at thoroughbred horse training, and you've definitely got the grounding and the uh, and the knowledge there, having worked under some of the some of the very best, uh, including uh, Peter Fernie in Kalgoorlie. Uh, mate, all the best during the Kalgoorlie season, um, 2022, and, um, yeah, mate, like keep, keep kicking goals and uh, hopefully you can get that uh, Saturday Sinner across the line for our man, the Perth <laughs> Racing Guru. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Nick, we're going to head towards the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind. Have you had a have you have you listened? Have you before? listened? Yeah, have you listened? Yeah, you know yeah no, I, I did listen. Do you, yeah, remember, yeah, you, yeah. you remember your name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all you need then, basically. All right. Well, let's hang on. Let's take a break. Or we'll just take a break, and we'll get uh, the carrier of a champ, Timmy Years, on the line, and uh, Nick and uh, Timmy can face off in this week's edition of the uh, Mastermind. Mm-hmm. 